help support you if you're living with autoimmune disease. Well, today I'm going to walk you through some examples of autoimmunity and how functional medicine tests, treats, and supports their patients and what you can look for in your own journey. I'm so glad you're here. I am Dr. Allison DeBardo-Goggin. I am a functional medicine physician as well as an autoimmune patient. So this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart and is also something that I end up catching autoimmunity on many of my patients when they've been told nothing's wrong or their doctors won't even run a basic panel or ANA on them. And then we're able to actually get to the root cause of why they don't feel good. And a lot of times it's autoimmunity. So let's start with the basics. Functional medicine means that we look at the body as one integrated system. So instead of going to the cardiologist for your heart and the GI for your gut stuff and the rheumatologist for your joints, functional medicine kind of is a one-stop shop. Now, is it important to work with everyone on your team? Absolutely. And all of the doctors, nurses, everybody who's taking care of you should be working together or have knowledge of what's going on in every office. So don't feel like you can't share what one person's doing because the other one might get mad. Then that's a sign you might need a new team as well. But anyways, I digress. So... um, Functional medicine means that when we look at that whole body, we're not just looking at the thyroid to see what's going on there and working on that. We also look at how the gut and the immune system affect the thyroid and why is it reacting the way it is. Now, no matter what type of autoimmune condition you have, the plan can be really similar. So the easiest place to start, of course, is with testing. Now, most commonly, we start with blood tests, right? You can run an ANA panel, which runs for the basics of autoimmunity like lupus or scleroderma, um, rheumatoid arthritis, things like that. Now, the numbers do not necessarily indicate the severity, so don't feel like, oh, I was only 20 points over, but my friend's 500 points over, so she must have it really bad. That's not necessarily the way it works. Um but it is a sign that something's going on with your body. We can run panels for the gut, like the IBD panels, thyroid, pancreas. We're just looking for the antibodies to these really specific organs, even the ovaries. I run those for women who struggle with PCOS. Now, other ways you can do this include x-rays, MRI, especially for joints or any other issues going on. Um, Muscle-wise, you might need a colonoscopy or an endoscopy to see what's going on at the tissue level and have biopsies done. Those are also really important. And I also think that it's important to have a variety of testing done to not just rely on one thing to definitively diagnose you. And I think this is what's the hardest part about autoimmunity is they say on average it takes at least a year for someone to be diagnosed with autoimmunity Um, sometimes even longer, up to 10 years before someone will even be considered for that. And obviously that's ridiculous. But the reason it takes so long is, you know, we start with the most simplest answer when we can and say, all right, if your gut's hurting, eh, it's probably just IBS. Here's a couple of things to try, right? Um, And then you have to progress through the system just the same way like when I injured my shoulder. Well, I knew I needed and MRI, but I couldn't have that done first. I had to get my x-ray, then I had to go to physical therapy, and then I had to follow the 
sadly, the insurance protocol to get to the things that I needed. Um, so the same thing, the medical system has a path that you technically have to follow. Now in functional medicine, um, we tend to be a little bit more free range because most of us are private physicians in private offices. We're not being micromanaged by a hospital system. And this is the other reason why a lot of us do not accept insurance. So that way we can actually get to work and help you and order the things that we need to without getting told no and you having to wait years or going through the process. So um, as a patient, I know how difficult <laughs> it is. And be your own advocate and really make sure that you're taking notes, you're following through, you're understanding what everybody's asking of you and really just work as hard as you can to get the best care that you can and get second opinions, third opinions, fourth opinions. Don't give up. So let's jump into root causes and triggers of autoimmunity. And this is the hard part because it's never just one thing. There's a lot of reasons why someone's body might be triggered into turning against itself. And for some people, but rarely, it's this one thing. Other people, it's the combination of the world that we live in. So inflammation is the best starting place, including how generic of a term that is. So in my world, quickly, inflammation can include leaky gut. Uh, food sensitivity is causing inflammation. Blood sugar imbalances cause inflammation. Um, not enough sleep, um, too much activity, overtraining, overworking, stress, all of those inflammatory processes can disrupt the immune system to cause the body to attack itself. The other major category is chronic infections, Lyme, Epstein-Barr, strep, many viruses that just live long-term in our body can trigger or be linked to multiple autoimmune conditions. Epstein-Barr is one of the top prolific viruses that touch every single organ system and is strongly associated with multiple autoimmune conditions. Toxins and chemicals are next on my list. The world that we live in is incredibly toxic from obesogens and diabetogens and xenohormones and microplastics and lead. And the air we breathe is so toxic. We're not meant to be living in this state. We're not meant to be eating the food that we're eating. And it's just triggering. It's inflammatory. It turns our genes on and off, it messes with everything on every single level. And we don't realize how destructive it is until it's too late. Hormones and adrenals is another trigger from basic things like stress, childbirth, breastfeeding, menopause. All of those can trigger um, autoimmunity. A major one, a major one that's commonly overlooked is history of abuse during childhood. And whether it's emotional, physical, uh, sexual, financial, religious abuse is strongly linked to autoimmune conditions and illnesses. So if that's something that you've had a past with, know that it can be one of the root causes and getting yourself some treatment for that can be very helpful. Other things like physical accidents, maybe a car accident, a biking accident, falling down, hitting your head, those can also be very triggering for autoimmunity. 
Um, I have a lot of patients where I'm like, well, how many concussions have you had? My guess is at least three to five. And they're like, yeah, I've had about five car accidents. My head went through the windshield, but they said I was fine. But here we are 10 years later, um, and it's not uncommon for these things to manifest typically months later, like SIBO, especially after a car accident, um, or thyroid issues after a car accident because of the whiplash. They don't show up right away. You don't get in an accident and the next day you're like, oh, I, I have SIBO all of a sudden or thyroid issues, it's going to creep on very slowly as your nervous system does not recalibrate after the accident. And then lastly, genetics. And yes, of course, things run in your family. And however, you know, we talk a lot about how with epigenetics and plasticity models and things like that about how genes can be turned on and off, you know, our family has the same lifestyle that we have, right? So what you're probably doing as an adult, you grew up with. The food that we eat, the exercise that you partake in, the stress and the sleep and the habits that you have. So it's partly genetic, but it's partly environmental as well. And one thing that I really want you to know is it's not your fault. If you're sick and you have autoimmunity, it's not something that you did to deserve being sick. It's not something that you brought on yourself. It's not something that you made a mistake like, oh, I ate gluten. No, it's not. And this is something that I really had to have a big, 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 big paradigm shift in my life when I got sick is that my colitis didn't come on the way it did because of my diet or my stress or something that I was doing to myself that happened because I was injured during a colonoscopy and that triggered my downfall. It was kind of like my environmental trigger is what I tell people. But for years I was beating myself up like, oh man, you know, second guessing everything I did and just feeling really guilty and like, oh, I should know better. And really it's, it's a difficult concept and it's a difficult struggle because people want to know how do I fix it? And especially your loved ones, like, well, what did you do to cause this? Like, how do you fix this? What do you have to change? And a lot of times there's nothing to change. And it's about embracing a new lifestyle. And that lifestyle is usually really simple. <laughs> so the most important is sleep, light movement. So no overtraining, no pushing yourself as hard as you can, no going to the gym for three hours a day. Um, making sure that you're really careful there, making sure that you're getting your basic vitamins and minerals, but also being very aware that a lot of immune supporting herbs can trigger you. Like astragalus triggers my colitis so severely, even though it's great for your immune system. So you still have to be very careful with what you take. Um, blood sugar balance and diet is incredibly important and makes a world of difference. Stress management, something that's easy to say, but difficult to uh, figure out, right? But for everybody, it's different. For me, therapy has been a major key, EMDR, EFT, just processing movement and fun movement, like playing in the gym and going out with the kids and just doing fun things that doesn't have to be prescribed gym exercise, right? 
And also allowing myself to have new hobbies can be really important as well. We took up painting, we've taken up all kinds of different hobbies and allowed myself to not have to be perfect, right? And just enjoy the process and have fun with it. Um, reducing toxins has been a very big key um, from home care. So green home care is really important. Body care, we have a new water filter, watching our coffee, eating organic foods, adding in a lot more meat products. You know, going carnivore was a major key in a lot of my healing process, as well as some switching back and forth to keto and trying different things. A healthy gut, of course, is important to reduce inflammation and making sure that you're doing the right thing for your gut. Supplements are also key, and the basics I can recommend would be like turmeric, resveratrol, vitamin C, and zinc, but everybody is different, and the most, one of the most difficult parts of autoimmunity especially is that everyone's so different, and what might work for one person won't work for the next person, so this is about experimentation and finding out what works for you and how you feel. And you're going to make mistakes and you're going to put yourself in a flare and you're going to go say, wow, this really sucks and it's really unfair, but I'm learning. And then you're going to keep going and get your testing done. So I've had a lot of patients with thyroid conditions come back with positive Epstein-Barr virus, which is mono. And once we get the mono cleared out of their system, they feel a lot better. The same thing happened for me. Every time I do my um, Epstein-Barr clearing kits, I have a major flare and then I feel a lot better. So it is a lot about protecting yourself as well. So making sure that you're not getting new infections or recurrent infections. I've worked with patients who have rheumatoid arthritis and we found a ton of parasites them. Other people, it comes down to simple blood sugar support. And it takes a lot of work. It takes some time. So I know it's frustrating, but hang in there. Keep taking really good care of yourself. Don't give up. There's always something else to do, right? And I know you've read the blogs. You're listening to all these podcasts. You're trying to figure out what the next best step is. So make your list of what's what you've tried, what has worked, what hasn't worked, what else you can try and keep doing it. There's a million things we haven't talked about today. Um, and a lot of that is because this work is really personalized in functional medicine. I can't make big sweeping generalizations because it probably won't work for you and that's okay. And that's why we have private consultations and make you your own plan. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure to like and subscribe to stay tuned with all of our weekly podcasts. And February 2023, we're going to be doing a deep dive in the thyroid in my functional medicine Facebook group. So make sure to join us there. The Soul Elements is still open and available for founder's price right now. I'm going to keep that open for another week or two. Make sure to join us there if you're looking for some more deeper activating healings. And I'm here for you. So let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to reach out, schedule an appointment, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Functional Wellness with Dr. Allison. If you would like personalized care and testing, you can schedule an initial consult online and get started with your wellness plan right away or message us on Facebook at Little Black Bag Medicine. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.